my talk this week, I've given it the title, uh, The Church, God's Special, Peculiar, Normal Missionaries. Something nice and catchy, I thought. Um, those of you who don't know, we're going through uh, First Peter together as a church. So if you want to grab, if you've got a Bible, uh, go to First Peter chapter 2. If you don't know where that is, uh, go to the very back. It's the book of Revelation. And then skip forward a few pages and you'll, uh, you'll reach First Peter. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so we're going through First Peter together as a church. Last week, uh, Rich brought chapter 2, verses 1 to 8. And um, I'm sorry, if everyone just wants to look at Dan a minute. <laughs> Dave, Dave played this horrible trick on Dan. <laughs> telling him. I rang up Dan last night and said, look, I need, I need someone to do PA. And Dan's the kind of great guy. He'd just come back from France, really tired, said, okay, I'll be there first thing in the morning. I'll do PA for you. And how we reward him is Dave plays a nasty trick on him, saying him, we need him to do a sermon illustration wearing a tea towel on his head. And I thought, I thought I can't, I thought, I don't know how long I can keep it going without just cracking up, so I'll just do it straight away. It's very mean. Dan is a great guy, the kind of guy, like I say, just PA, last minute, very tired, what a guy. Okay, so... As a church, we're going through First Peter. Last week, uh, Rich preached chapter 2, verses 1 to 8. Um, I'd like you to imagine me and Rich as kind of tag team wrestlers. And he's kind of done the first bit. Rich talked all about how um, we're, as a church, are being built up as living stones into a spiritual house. I sound quite weird, yeah. And... Um, and, and really saying, yeah, let's, let's get our foundations right, let's, let's have good relationships as a church. And now I'm, I'm taking it on, really, and saying, okay, what's the purpose of that? What is our purpose as a church? And, of course, our purpose is mission, is to uh, bring God glory and share his glory with those that don't know him yet. So that's, what we're, that's sort of where we're going today. Um, so, yeah, if it helps, think of us as wrestlers. I don't know if that will help, but if it does. Um, so, chapter 2, verses 9 to 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Um, what we're going to do is I'm going to follow these verses very closely um, kind of in, in, in order. So we're going to look at these, first of all, these four pictures of church, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. We're going to look at what that means. Then we're going to look at the purpose of the church, that we proclaim God's excellencies. And then we're going to end with this sort of final statement in, uh, in verse 10 about us being uh, the people of God. Um, you might think, well, I don't really go to church, and uh, I'm certainly not in this church, I'm not really a Christian you're talking all about church, it's not really going to be very relevant to me. Well, actually, it's going to be very relevant to you because the church exists for your benefit. We're here to, uh, to lead you to, to life everlasting, which, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me. So listen up and we'll, we'll, we'll get on to that. Um, one thing that's really going to help us as we're uh, trying to understand these verses is to try and obviously understand them in the context that they were meant. 
Um, so this was obviously written a long time ago, 2,000 years ago. It was written to uh, a bunch of new believers. Some of them were, uh, had been Jews and, and, and turned to follow Jesus, and some of them were not Jews, Greeks or whatever. And, um, and so we need to sort of, because it's a long time ago in a very different part of the world in kind of what is now Turkey, we need to sort of try and get into that mindset of how it was written to them and how it was intended to be understood. Um, to be honest, if you're not from the West, if any of you are from kind of Africa or Asia, you'll kind of get these verses a lot quicker than the rest of us. It will make sense to you a lot quicker. Uh, that's because um, each of us, if you're from the West today, if, if you grew up in, in Britain or a Western country, you have this little voice going on in your little mind and it's going, me, 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 me. Can you say me, 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 me? So everything that you hear, um, the way that you process it, you think, okay, what does this mean for me? What does this mean to me personally, to my, my own life? Uh, if you're not from that kind of country, you'll have this little voice in your head going, can you say, because the way you process stuff is, okay, what does this mean for us? What does this mean for the group that I'm in, or you know, my country, or my church, or whatever that group is? But you understand things in terms of, okay, how does this affect us? Um, let me give you an example. Uh, a few years ago, I, I spent a year in China teaching English. I had a brilliant laugh. And uh, the guys I taught were all kind of my age and um, got on great, you know, we were really good mates. But I had this one class who were kind of a bit y- quite young. And, um, and it's kind of customary over there that if you're being taught by a Western teacher, you give yourself uh, a Western name, an English name, just because that helps the dumb English teacher because obviously he, he's very bad at remembering Chinese names or whatever it is, and, and if he does remember it, he'll totally mispronounce it. So, okay, look, let's just make it easy for this guy. Let's give ourselves English names. And, uh, but this particular class, they hadn't been kind of supervised when they went to choose their names. And so what they did was they just took words that they liked in their own language and then directly translated them. As a result, uh, my class register included the following names. Windy, Jelly, Milky... Yo-yo, airport, <laughs> missile, crazy, Cinderella, sweet, who was a boy, Jennifer, who was also a boy, pig and rock. So anyway, I was talking to Pig one day. And pig said to me, we've never won the Nobel Prize. And what I took to understand that was, no one from China has ever won the Nobel Prize. And they said, You've won the Nobel Prize, and what I took him to understand—what took him to mean—was, you know, someone from Britain has won the Nobel Prize. But of course, that's not what he meant. What he meant was, you, because you're British, have in some way won the Nobel Prize, and he hadn't. Because, see, that's how he kind of understood things in terms of, you know, us. It was, you know, it's so kind of about the group and about us. That's how. That's how they think. Um, another kind of little example was I was, I was talking to Sarah uh, last week before the service and we're kind of joking how neither of us, all we knew about each other was that we both had mice in our houses. And, um, and so she was kind of saying, you know, let's broaden it out a bit. Tell me a bit about yourself. What do you do? And so I, you know, I explained I'm a male model. That's what I do. And, and, but that was how she kind of, okay, that's how I get to know, figure out who you are. Okay, what do you do for a living? You know, what are you about? What, what sort of things do you enjoy? And that's how, how I figure out who you are. Um, whereas this culture that they're writing to, that Peter's writing to, they wouldn't have said, if they want to get to know you, uh, what do you do for a living? They'd have said, who are you related to? 
because that's how I understand who you, you know, okay, you're in that sort of family, you're in that group, those are the people you, you're around. So that's how I make sense of who you are, is it, in terms of the group. And so as we're kind of looking at these verses, we need to try and process them together. We need to keep kind of saying, I want you to keep sort of going, oh, zah, 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 zah. very, very quietly, obviously. But to just let's keep reminding ourselves, that this is, we're, we've got to apply this to ourselves as a church, and not, not, obviously there's individual things we need to do, but we're trying to apply it as a church together. All right, so the first description of a church is, um, he says, you are a chosen race. Um, so what is, what's he talking about here? Well, all four of these pictures are... Um, it's, t- it's taking uh, scriptures that were spoken, uh, promises that were first spoken over Israel. Those of you who don't know, the Bible is split into two halves. The Old Testament is all the stuff before Jesus. The New Testament is stuff from Jesus' life, Jesus' birth onwards. And um, in the Old Testament, God grabbed people Israel. He said, right, you're going to be my people. I'm going I'm to teach you how to live, uh, and you're going to follow me. And uh, through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And what Peter does is he, he's deliberately uh, taken each of these kind of quotes where he's saying, you know, these promises where, where God said to Israel one time, you know, you're a chosen race. Another time he said, you're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation. Each of those times it was in the context of if you follow me, if you're obedient, if you keep believing. And, um, and Peter very, is very deliberately doing that because what happened was the Jews missed it, like they didn't. They didn't follow God. They were disobedient. And as we read last week, they stumbled. They missed Jesus. Who is Jesus? And, um, and so what happened was, Peter's saying, okay, all those promises that were spoken over Israel now apply to the church. So all those things, they said, you know, you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that now applies to us. And, uh, and so now through the church, all the nations of the world will be blessed. That's, that's the promise here. And um, I think it's really, it's really important for us to kind of grasp this as a, as a church, you know, to try and understand that just what it is that, that, God's, that God's doing. And it's quite easy to um, be quite critical of the church, isn't it? We sort of look at the church across our nation, across the world, and we see its kind of weaknesses and compromise and lukewarmness, perhaps. And uh, it's good to, you know, it's okay, it's right to lament those things, but it's, it's not right that that becomes our kind of default position and we... Kind of develop a, a critical attitude towards the church because this is God's bride and this is we need to sort of grasp the beauty and the power of the church that it's so beautiful that Jesus actually died on a cross for us for, for the church it's so powerful that this is actually God's answer we are God's answer for the world I don't think God got it wrong it's just that we need to actually grasp that and, and live in the, the truth of that so you know, we see, you know, what is the na- answer to knife crime, for example? answer is the church. What is the answer to broken families and, and broken marriages? Well, the answer is the church. And what is the answer to those that are locked in, in, in spiritual bondage? Well, it's the church. It's us, isn't it? What's the answer to the injustice that is the, the kind of breeding ground for fundamentalism and terrorism? It's actually the church. It's a, so it's a huge deal. We are a huge deal in God's eyes. And he's given us immense, the church immense power, and, and so it's good for us to try and grasp that today and try and get a, a hold of that. So that's our first picture, that we're a chosen race and that through, the, through us, all, all the nations of the world will be blessed. The second picture is of uh, a royal priesthood. 
What are the priests? Well, in the Old Testament, the priests were these very special people who had access to go into the temple where you know, the normal people of God couldn't go. They had special access to God and they kind of spoke on behalf of, of the people. They interceded. And um, I had a friend who came along to church a few weeks ago and, um, and afterwards he, he was like, wow, what's with all the crazy freestyle praying? I was like, what? He said, in between the songs, one guy just suddenly started praying over there, and then someone else over here, and then you did a prayer right next to me. And uh, so I was like, oh, right, okay. And obviously his, his um, experience of church up until then had always been this one special person that was up the front who, in some sense, was kind of more a Christian or kind of more holy, and, and so they were the person that was up the front. But that's actually not what this scripture's saying. It's saying, you... Corporately, so again, us, 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 you are all a royal priesthood. So it's together, so that we're all on an equal footing. That means that if you, um, you know, if you think one Christian could come up the front and, and say something, well, you can too, we all can. And if you think that, um, you know, Christians can hear from God and, and deliver a prophecy that is, you know, a direct word into people's lives, well, you can do that too. And if you think that, uh, God can use certain Christians, like Rachel was saying, that uh, to pray for people to be healed and they be healed. Well, you can do that too. You know, Adam was saying uh, last week how his sister had um, prayed for someone on the street and they'd been healed. And she wasn't anything special. She's just, you know, a teenager doing her A levels. She's not. She's nothing special. But but she is special because she's part of the royal priesthood. She's part of God's priesthood. So I think sometimes we get kind of a little too hung up on, on spiritual stuff, and we need to, we need to normalise spiritual stuff. We just think of it as a normal thing. So if you, um, you want to bring uh, a verse on a Sunday morning, it doesn't have to be that. You don't have to hear kind of a, you know, an audible voice saying, yes, bring that Psalm 137. You can just, you know, perhaps you might read it in the week and think, yeah, that's really encouraged me and built me up. Maybe I'll share that on Sunday, and then there's a chance to share it, and then you share it. That's very normal, isn't it? There's no kind of whizzy feelings or like fireworks or visible writing in the sky. It's just normal. And we need to start doing that as a normal thing. And so we need to start, you know, we can all pray out stuff and we can all pray for people to be healed. And the more we do it together as a church here, the more we're able to do it in, that, in a more missional sense out in the world. So the, the more you get used to kind of bringing prophecies that, that build people up, the more you might be, be able to then, when you're at work one day, you suddenly feel God speaking to you for someone and you can actually give them that word and it will be a demonstration of God's power because he can speak into someone's life. Or you might see someone on the street who's, you know, physically ill in some way and you can pray that they'll be healed and it will be an amazing demonstration of God's power. So again, it's very missional, isn't it? It's very about reaching out. Um, all right, and then the, the other two pictures I'm going to do together. So... Uh, so we've done chosen race, we're a royal priesthood, and then the other two are a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Um, what does holy mean? It means totally other, totally separate, totally different. Uh, so a nation set apart, and then, listen to this, I read this in one of the commentaries, I thought it was quite apt. Uh, God had chosen Israel to be peculiarly his own, hence they were a peculiar people. That really hit a nerve for me, especially as I look out at you today. 
I think, yeah, we're a peculiar people. We're special. We're very special. And uh, it's not because of anything we've done, but, um, but yeah, we're different. God's made us different. And uh, another commentary had this really real gem I wanted to share with you. It was saying that the Greek word for um, Israelite is a different word from the word for any other kind of people. So you'd be talking about, you know, you've got the Moabites and their people, and then you've got the Philistines and their people, and then you've got the Israelites, and they're just Israelites. You know, they're not, there's no other, they're just Israelites. There's no other word. It's like, you know, you've got a stone and a stone and a stone and a stone, and then the Israelites aren't like a different kind of stone. They're like jam. It's like totally different. You know, one's sort of sticky and sweet, and one's, you know, rock hard, and you can't, it doesn't taste very nice. It's not, it's not that they're, They've got absolutely nothing in common. We're just totally other. We're different. We're set apart by God. And why are we set apart? We're set apart for his glory. And we're set apart for mission. And that's where the next bit comes on to. If you, if you sort of follow with me in uh, halfway through verse 9, it says, So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. So that is, what, that is our whole purpose together. Remember, us, 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 us. That is our purpose, is to declare God's excellencies. It talks about how he's called us out from darkness into his marvellous light. It's talking about the cross, what Jesus did for us on the cross, the fact that he made a way for us um, to know God, to have a personal relationship with him. And that's what we need to proclaim. That is our purpose. How do we do that? Well, it's kind of, lots of practical ways that we can actually do that. So I think one way is just in our, um, the stuff we're already doing. I think we need to develop a mindset where we understand it in, in a missional sense as a church. So you might think, well, you know, my job, I, I make the tea. That's what I do. Well, no, it's not at all. What you do is you uh, serve people, you serve the stranger that comes in that doesn't know Jesus yet, and you, 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 you show them God's love in a very practical way. You make them a cup of tea and give them a bit of toast or whatever. Or you may say, you know, I do the kids' work. Well, no, you don't. You, you make little disciples, don't you? you? You teach kids who don't know Jesus yet, and you, you show them the way of God, and you show them uh, a good way of life to, of following Jesus. Or you may think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get involved with the, the mums and toddlers kind of group. You know, I'm going to look after, after kids there. No, you're not. What you're going to do is you're going to um, show the great love of Jesus to, to isolated mums who... who have no kind of hope, maybe, and they don't have any people around them to love them, and you can show them Jesus. That's what you'll be doing. So it's developing a, a missional mindset. I stole all this, by the way, from Mark Driscoll, in case you want to, but <laughs> developing a, a, a missional mindset in, in every part of church to realize that, okay, what, everything we do is about loving the lost and, and telling people about him. Um, other ways we do it, we do normal social stuff, don't we? So we um, get together with our our church mates and, and, our, and our mates that don't normally come to church, and we deliberately mix them up so they get to meet other Christians and get to meet, um, just, just get to see a little glimpse of Jesus in each of us. Um, so I'd encourage you, let's do that. You know, when was the last time you did a normal event? When was the last time you kind of mixed up your church mates and your non-church mates? We should be doing that every week, shouldn't we? Because we don't, we don't have any home groups, so that's what we can do in the week. So I encourage you, let's do that more and more. Uh, another great way is to um, just pray for people who don't know Jesus yet. There's lots of opportunities when people, they might say, you know, you ask them how they are, and they might say, well, I'm having a really tough time at work at the moment, or, you know, my mum's really sick. 
And we can say, well, I'm really sorry about that. Can I pray for you? And it's a way immediately to bring God in. And to, you know, often people are very open uh, to being prayed for when they're going through tough times. It's when they first sort of realize, oh, hang on, I'm, maybe I need God. You know, maybe I need someone. So it's a real opportunity. Nine times out of ten, people will take you up on that offer. So let's do that. Okay. So we've talked about these four pictures of church. We've talked about what is our purpose as a church. And now I'm just going to sort of end with the, the, the final statement in verse 10 about, again, about what the church is. It says, For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Again, this is, this is uh, referring to Old Testament scripture. It's referring to the story of, of Hosea. And I won't go into it in great detail, but it's, it's, a, it's an amazing story. And, um, and it's about how God keeps loving Israel, keeps loving the, the Jewish people, even though they keep being disobedient to him. And, um, but then it comes to the point where they keep being disobedient, and he turns and he says, okay, you're not a people, you, you haven't received my mercy. And, um, but then he turns again and, and says, well, despite all you've done, I'm going to woo you. I'm going to draw you into the desert. It's very beautiful. He's, he's actually comparing Israel to a, uh, a harlot, a prostitute, and he's saying, you've been so unfaithful to me, um, and yet I'm going to love you. And I think, uh, and the, the reason Peter's bringing this in is because he's saying to the, to the, to the readers of this letter, you know, remember where you were before. You, you hadn't received mercy. You weren't my people. But he's saying, now you're my people. Now you've received my mercy. I just want to, take an opportunity today to, to give you that, that chance if you haven't received God's mercy, if you haven't received what, God, what Jesus did on the cross, how he uh, made a way for you despite all the bad stuff we've done. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, God threw all our sin as far as east is from west so that we can have that direct relationship with God. Thanks to what Jesus did on the cross. And if, if you haven't uh, received that free gift of eternal life, a relationship with God, He's saying, will you receive that gift? He's saying, look, I still love you despite the way you keep rejecting me. I still love you. I'm still offering you that gift. So if you, if you haven't done that, if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, don't miss out on that. Come up afterwards and, and talk to one of us that, that have been at the front or if you came with someone who's Christian. But make sure you take hold of that opportunity uh, to have that relationship with Jesus. And then the rest of us, what is our response today? Well, we need to understand who we are. Us, 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 need to understand who we are in the picture, in the light of this scripture. So, we are a chosen race. Through us, all the nations of the world will be blessed. That means we're God's answer for the world. And we need to kind of take hold of that and realize just how powerful the church is and just, what, just how willing God is to use us. We need to understand that we're a royal priesthood. We're all equal together. We all have direct access to God and we can all do spiritual stuff in a very normal way. That means we can pray for the sick. We can all do that. We can all uh, hear from God and, and uh, bring prophetic words. We're going to have a time of worship in a minute when I shut up. And uh, you'll all have chance to, to bring something. If you think God's speaking to you and it, you know, it doesn't contradict the Bible, just bring it. If you're not sure, you think, oh, maybe that's me, I'm not sure, just bring it anyway and you know, leave it to, to the guys up here to weigh it. But if you don't bring it, we won't have a chance to have that blessing. So let's feel free to bring what we feel God's saying. And, uh, 
And the, the other, we're, we're a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. We're totally different. We're like jam, aren't we? If you don't remember anything else, just remember we're peculiar, a bit like jam. That might help you, I don't know. But we're totally other. We're set apart for God's glory. And why? To proclaim his excellencies, to tell him, to tell others what he's done for us, who he is, what he did on the cross. And we can do that. Uh, so let's begin to do that this week. Let's, let's see the things that we do for, for the church as mission. Let's see everything we do as reaching out to those that don't yet know God. And let's start to pray for people that we see out on the street. Let's pray for our friends at work. And let's do normal stuff. All right, I'm just going to pray, and then I'll, I'll hand over to the guys. Jesus, I just I thank you so much that you, you're so clear in your word, and the, the promises that you've given us are so clear. And we just want to take hold of them today. I pray for us together that we would take hold of these things, Lord, that we would be a chosen race, your people, Lord, that bring blessings to the world. I pray that we would be a royal priesthood, Lord, each of us uh, hearing from you and bringing it for the benefit of others. I pray we'd be a holy nation, totally set apart for you, Lord. I pray that we would proclaim your excellencies, Lord, in all we do. Show us how to bring your love to those that don't know you yet. And we just pray, it's all for your glory, Lord. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen.